Hello, everyone. This is Julie. And this is Hallie. And you are here for the next episode of Metaphysical Nomads. Woo! A show when we discuss all things metaphysical and summaries and everything else. And today's episode is on one of my very, very favorite, favorite topics, feng shui. Yeah. Hallie likes feng shui too. I do. I the, do. the poor child has lived with feng shui her entire <laughs> life. Oh, so, yes. so here's the story. So feng shui in a nutshell is kind of like ancient Chinese interior design rules. Yeah, that sounds about right. Would you sound is it about, about right? And the concept is, is that you're using, um, well, it could be exterior design too, because it could be designing anything, but you're using placement of objects in the house, outside of the house, in your car, in your office, wherever, to direct or balance the flow of chi or the energy of the space. And honestly, it's kind of funny because it does really seem like it goes along basic interior design principles. Yeah. You know, things like, you know, don't put your desk in a situation where your back is to the door because you might not feel safe in that situation. You know, it's not comfortable or, you know, don't have a mirror looking right at your bed because then you might feel like you're being watched all night and you may not sleep well. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of interesting um, principles about feng shui. So I guess we will get into feng shui basics. But before we go, do you have any feng shui stories, Hallie? Because if not, I have some. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely have feng shui stories. Um, so when I was a child, my bedroom in our house was in the wealth corner of our house. And there's rules in feng shui about what exactly needs to be in each kind of different segment of your house. So there's like a, a wealth segment. There's a family segment. There's a relationship area. Um, there is a fame and fortune fame segment that's different from the wealth segment, um, and career house section of your house. There's all these different kind of sections that you can work with to make your whole house flow and your energy prosper and your life become, you know, nicer and better. And my room was in the wealth corner and the wealth corner, the color related to that is purple. Uh, this worked out pretty well as I was, you know, like two or three years old and wanted a color for my room and decided that purple would be the best color. But I was thinking like a really pretty dark purple. But the thing about feng shui is that the real color that like the wealth color is, is supposed to be more of a lavender color. And so my room was painted lavender and it was not the purple that I wanted. And at three years old or so, I was incredibly upset. How could I have this lavender room when I wanted deep purple? Okay, well, I will say, actually, with feng shui, wealth can be any purple, including deep purple, but I think I like the lavender better. <laughs> <laughs> so we use feng shui for our advantage. All right. Anyway, for our listeners, let's get started on kind of how this concept works. So the idea is you take a space, like let's take your house, or you can take a room in your house. It doesn't really matter. And everything in the in the room is based off the entrance to that room or to the house. So whether it's the front door or whether it's the entrance to the room. And then what you do is you sort of imagine overlaying your space, the house, whether it's the whole house, whether it's the room, uh, you know, whether 
I don't know, whatever it could be in theory, some people live in vans. So I don't know, wherever the entrance of your van would might be or the door you <laughs> use most often to get into your van if you live in your van. And anyway, you, you impose kind of a superimpose a grid that is like nine equal spaces over the space of your house. And each little grid section relates, as Hallie said, to something in your life that you know you may want to enhance or you may want to balance and there's colors and earth elements or air elements associated or various elements associated mm -hmm. with the various different sections of the of the rooms so i'm not going to go into every detail because it's kind of hard to do when you're talking on an audio podcast and we yes. can't show you graphs but that would yeah. be pretty cool if we could maybe for youtube in the future <laughs> But in any event, if you're standing at your front door, your far left corner of your space is going to be your wealth corner. And we obviously like to have wealth and abundance. And so the color of that is purple. And it's very, very good to, to have purple in that corner or put symbols of wealth in that corner to get the, the chi flowing and to set the intention that you want wealth. Even just putting like a few coins in the area or, you know. Or dollar bills. Or dollar bills. Or, yes, you I know, agree. just like something that is, if you have like old coins that look cool and that you might want to like put up in that corner, that would be a great corner to put that up. Yeah. Symbolic, anything symbolic of wealth, and it could be anything symbolic for you. The other thing is the far right corner we care about a lot is relationships. Mm -hmm. Now, not just relationships, but also partnerships. Now, in our old house, Hallie had the wealth corner and her brother Henry had the relationship corner. And what's really bad in feng shui, like generally, is clutter and mess. Yes. Because it, it'll block the energy and we do not wish to have that. So both having ch my children in both probably my two favorite corners of the house, relationships <laughs> and wealth, and children as they are very messy, pose some challenges. <laughs> But in any event, you can work. The great thing about feng shui is you can work around any type of challenge in feng shui, and in including the, children, including children. And in the 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 far right corner of our house, where I, where my son was, colors are usually pink. You could do some, uh, yeah, usually pinks, or uh, you could put quartzes, rose quartz back there, uh, candles in pairs. You want to do things in pairs if you want to promote uh, romantic relationships. Um, anyway, my son's room was not pink, obviously, at least at the time it was gray. It it did not have any of the wonderful elements that I would like. But what I did do is he had a he had a cabinet back there, and in the corner of the cabinet, in his wealth, in the in the relationship section of his room of our house, I put um I put some Himalayan sea salt, which is pure to help clear the energy there. I put uh, all kinds of rose uh, quartz. I put uh, pairs of things and I hid them in the back of his cabinets behind his toys and his, his games and everything. So he had no idea they were there. Okay. So fast forward, we end up selling our house a couple years ago. And, you know, my son who I was doing all this, my gosh, he was probably like five, six, seven, I don't know, maybe nine, who knows? He was young. So fast forward, it's been at least, you know, 10 years later, he's now 18 years old and we're cleaning out the house for the movers. And my son, who knows me so well, young Henry, walks up to me in the middle of packing boxes and hands me an entire like box of all my little feng shui things I'd put in his room. 
And without even asking like, mom, what are these? I found them in my room. He knew exactly. He, without even missing a beat, handed this box to me and said, I believe these are yours. <laughs> and just turned on his heel and walked away. My children were very used to this. And I also, if you don't have a good space in the corner of either your wealth or your relationship or whatever section of the house you're, or space you're working on, you can always enhance that space by going into smaller rooms and going into the relationship corner of every room and putting something in the far right corner of every room that symbolize relationships. I, in my dorm room on the right side corner of my, uh, of the room that I lived in in college, I put a ping, a picture of two penguins hugging each other. And that was my little, and did that work for you? I, I, met people. <laughs> there you go. You had relationships. I had relationships. I was not completely single throughout my entire college career. Thank you very much. Okay. So, and before we move into some of the other, of my other favorite segments of the nine segments, I do want to tell you a funny story about my office and, and what I did with the wealth and the partnership, um, par partnership corner, corners of my office. So we had this little house that we moved into and my friend was the prior occupant of the little house where our, where our law firm was going to be. And she had a sales business and they just never, they just struggled with the business. They never could quite get it going. And, um, you know, there were some issues with cash and issues with relationships and so forth. And they ended up eventually just moving and we didn't really think much of it. But when I walked into the space, I immediately started, you know, putting on my feng shui hat and I realized a couple of things. One, there was a door in the far left corner of the of the office. It was a you know had several offices within the bigger building, but there was a door back door in the wealth corner. Well, back doors are not good because your wealth will like energy wealth will like go out, go out the, the back, back door. door. Right? We don't want that. Nope. So immediately, what I did is I hung a chime on the door because feng shui always has little adjustments you can make to stop any bad thing. And then when I looked at the far right corner of of our building, it was completely missing. It was like carved out because of the shape of the the building. So already this space was really bad feng shui wise from a wealth and a relationship perspective. So to create the relationship space, I went into every single office and I hung in a little corner that none of my partners would ever see a little, uh, a little thread that on the end of the thread had two pink beads. And I put that in every single little room, including even the bathroom in there and the kitchen area, everywhere we could to get this partnership and get the wealth going. And, you know, I have to say we're still in that space today and we've never had any problems with partnership. We've never had any money, you know, problems with money and keeping that abundance. So I feel like it really worked. And then we used some paint colors and things to also deal with that. Um, and also the middle of your space is a, is the health. If you look at the nine section grid, the very middle is health section. So I always like to find the middle of my space. And if I can get away with it, hang even some little tiny uh, crystal or, or something yellow is the symbol of health, something to, to make sure you have health in the space. So that's good too. 
But my partners, you know, didn't even think twice. They're like, just here, Julie goes again, putting her random feng shui adjustments. <laughs> and we just live with these weird things in our office. Well, to be fair, they totally let you design the majority of the office. They were very happy with your design sense. Well, yes, if you do design and you do feng shui, you know, if you're interested in that, highly, highly recommend it. So what are some of the other corners, some of the good ones? Um, so when you first come into your space, the far... Uh, just immediately to your right, when you first walk in, that little segment of the nine segments going to be helpful people and color are, is gray and, and the kind of element is metal in that space. So if you want to kind of create a supportive community or people who come to help you out, if you can put some gray in that space and you can put some metal there and um, that's always good. If the, the the grid that's like in between the wealth and the relationship on the far back, like when you walk in your space, the far back middle is your fame and reputation. Which is the color red. Color red. Yeah, I always put like a couple red pillows. That's where our living room was and put it on the couch to get a little bit of red. But I didn't want too much fame and reputation, I don't think, at that time. <laughs> and the thing is, with, with feng shui, you do get to choose, kind of like, pick and choose what you want. If you're not interested in a relationship, then, you know, maybe don't do too much with your relationship quarter. You know, if you're not interested in fame, then you maybe don't need to do so much with your fame section. Right. There's other, there's other sections for children, for creativity, for career, knowledge. They all have different colors. And I encourage you, if you're interested in that to to look at it so there's no real science behind this that i'm aware of i don't think other than it does create a very pretty house you know feng shui houses that are designed with with feng shui you know it, it does have an interior design aesthetic aspect that looks very nice yeah i do think they feel good they do feel good but i do have a lot of anecdotal stories about how feng shui works and it just seems like a like a good idea you know, again, these are just people's stories because there's really no science behind it, but people's stories. But I did have a person who's uh, a friend of mine who was going through a lot of trouble. She was struggling with her marriage. She had young children. Her children were having health issues. They seemed to be financially underwater. Uh, their house, they had just bought a new house. The house was requiring a bunch of repairs. I and mean, it was like one thing after another. And um, we suggested that she at least look into feng shui. She didn't talk to me. I'm not a feng shui practitioner, but she ended up hiring a feng shui practitioner to come to her house and make all of these adjustments. And I asked my friend, like, I don't know, a couple months later, I'm like, did you ever do that? How did that happen? What worked? And she was like, you're not going to believe the changes that occurred as a result, as soon as the feng shui stuff was the adjustments were made. It was amazing, like amazing. Everything came together. I got a new job. It paid more. The house stopped breaking down. Uh, the children got healthy. I mean, like, it was like, it was awesome. It was like, everything got better. Like the reverse country song got better. <laughs> so anyway, that was, that was a good story. Um, my sister, um, Leifer takes this stuff very seriously. And she, uh, had a feng shui consultant, um, a, a feng shui person who I really enjoy and use quite a lot out of Salt Lake City. Anyway, she came in and did feng shui uh, in her home. And it required, because of my sister's unique home, she had to put her bed in like a really weird placement that I didn't think looked good from an interior design perspective. And she did some other things. But I have to say, as a result of the adjustments she made, she felt like her life was really changing just by 
moving her bed in her bedroom. Yeah. So it was kind of like a weird, you know, thing now that how that all plays out. Now, I do have a couple other stories, <laughs> but these are more personal stories <laughs> besides, you know, making sure that, you know, my daughter's dorm rooms are feng shui. Yes. Yeah. So I don't get a feng shui practitioner. I get my mother. Yeah. Who comes in and goes, oh, well, this shouldn't be here and moves things. Exactly. Um, to be fair, again, she has consistently improved literally every room that I've been in. I don't know. I'm sure some of the readers listening have maybe been in college dorm rooms. Um, but if you haven't, they're usually a design nightmare. Honestly, really, truly and honestly, I've never seen a well-designed dorm. Uh, however... My mother would come in and be like, okay, we're going to move the bed here. The desk is going this way. We're going to put your, you know, little drawers things here. And then suddenly I've got like tons of open space and <laughs> a pretty bed and <laughs> all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is great. But most importantly, it feels better. It feels better. And it really does. And that was the thing. So one of the bigger ones, when I moved in, uh, in my third year of college, I moved into a house off campus. Um, and the house had been used by someone else before me. And I had this it's very lovely bedroom, you know, on the first floor of this house. Uh, and it really was nice, but it just didn't feel energetically good, it, really in any way, shape or form. I, I mean, it, again, it was a it was a much bigger room than I had been in. It was nice to be out of the dorms. It's nice to live in a house. And so I, I liked it. But I just it just really was not a an energetically nice room to be in. And so when I moved in, you know, it's all cleaned out of, of everything. It's not like there's trash or there anymore, but it just still didn't feel nice. And I go and I FaceTime my mom. I'm like, okay, what are we doing? She completely moves the bed to the opposite side of the room. There's, you know, cabinets that we're moving. I've got, I've had to rope in a couple of my friends at this point, cause we're moving heavy furniture around this room. And she completely changes the whole design of it. And it just instantly felt better. Like instantly you're like, oh, this is, this is a much better space. This is a, this is making me feel far more comfortable. This has, feels nicer. It's more open. There was tons of like open floor now in the middle of the room that I could just kind of have as my space. I had the, you know, a bed right by the window and all this other wonderful stuff, you know? And then, like I said, I would put up little posters and things of, of, the uh, like penguins in my romantic corner or I had some some coins in my wealth corner and that actually was the year I ended up getting a job that paid pretty well and had very flexible hours so yeah we'll go for it I mean who knows it's just setting intention I mean yeah, you never know but yeah. but it, there could be something to it but it does absolutely work so my story is I had I had in my house and I thought I was pretty good at feng shui and one of my dear college friends Lisa Law who's a feng shui practitioner actual practitioner uh, out of New Hampshire, comes to visit. And I'm, you know, I'm proud to show her my space. I'm like, oh, look at this. And she's like, oh, yes, this is good. This is good. But she is a practitioner. So she actually knows what she's doing way better than I know what I'm doing because all I've done is read about it. And um, I'm, well, I'm sitting here ch chatting with her and I, I share with her one of the issues I'm having. And I said, you know, one of the problems I'm having is I'm in a bit of a love triangle right now. I've got, you know, a couple of men who are interested in me and I don't quite, you know, I can't quite figure out which direction I want to go. And I don't know, you know, do I, do I want to date one of them, both of them open? I don't close relationships. I don't know what's going on. Just uh, quickly. That's like a romantic 
novel. Honestly, like that's the plot of romantic. How many people actually get involved in love triangles? Like really, uh, truly, honestly. Well, I don't think it was actually a true love triangle because I think isn't a true love triangle like you love one person, that person loves a third person. Isn't that the triangle? I think that people who try to draw love triangles in books don't know what triangles look like because usually it's two guys like one girl. Okay, well, I had... that doesn't really look like a triangle because there has to be like another bit at the bottom. Okay, I had that. And I was not married at the time, just to be clear, because <laughs> that would have been, you know, really uncomfortable in this podcast but anyway um so so i was telling her i was just you know because she's my good friend i'm telling her yeah i've got these two guys not sure how to what to do here and she says well let's go you know we check out the relationship corner henry's room kind of a disaster we need to deal with that but she says well let's go into your bedroom which was not in the relationship corner but your bedroom when it comes to romantic relationships is a good place to start and what does the relationship corner of your bedroom look like and what is the general feel in there well, she walks right in and she says, oh, I see the problem. And she looks around. She says, Julie, I don't know if you noticed this, but everything you've decorated in this room, you've done in threes. So you have three pillows on your bed. You have three candles on your table. You have a picture with three uh, objects in the picture. And she said, you know, I... I think your your feng shui is attracting threes at the moment. <laughs> and if you would like to narrow it down, you know, one way or the other, I suggest you take a pillow off the bed. So there's only two pillows on the bed and, and take the candle away and have only two candles and, and create a, a different kind of space. And I said, okay, you know, I, I was decorating in threes because I've always heard for interior design, you're supposed to decorate in threes. So any event, um, she, I do what she says, and I swear within a couple of weeks, one of the guys was gone, completely out of the picture. And now I was down to twos. Of course, then you're like, huh, well, maybe I want fours or fives, but no, it was too much. It was too, I was, it was too much. Dating two people was too much. I could not handle it. Okay, so that was that story. <laughs> the other problem I had in my bedroom is, is she noticed right away is, I had these huge mirrors. Uh, there were closet doors and there were mirrored closet doors, which are great um, when you want to see what you look like, but not so great apparently in a bedroom. One of the feng shui no-nos is to have a mirror facing your bed. And I was just, I was struggling with sleep. I was, you know, I had a little bit of insomnia, a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, at her recommendation, I put up some curtain rods over those closet doors and I hung some uh, curtains there that could be open at any time I wanted, but at night I would close them. So they, the mirrors were not pointing at the bed. And I would say, you know, almost immediately I started sleeping much better in that bedroom. So anyway, I had, I think it really has worked. It worked for my office. It worked for, for my bedroom, you know, and I, I think it, it's I think also it's just a great place to start. If you ever move into a new space or want to redesign a room and you don't, and maybe don't have as much design experience. It's a great place to be like, oh, hey, okay, according to feng shui, this should be here, this should be here. And it does lead to a good looking room. You know, obviously, I think with any sort of interior design, there's ways that people can take it and make it look really, really strange. But as, gen as a general rule, it follows a pretty good logical flow of how things should work and also will make your space feel a little better. And I do think, you know, again, if you ever move into a new place and you don't know how to design it, 
start by maybe just looking up a few feng shui tips. Yeah. Some feng shui tips, you know, it's it's about the exterior of the house too. And so for example, a red front door is great for Chinese good luck and fortune. Mm-hmm. Hanging a chime by your door is good for welcoming and, and bringing the chi in, moving the chi, the energy, and also for, for being welcoming. So I almost always have chimes by my, by my front doors if I can. Um, if there's a space that's missing, you can kind of put something symbolic to create space or a corner that shouldn't, you know, that's missing from your house. So if you have a a cutout, you could put where the house would normally be a full rectangle, put a fountain there or put a heavy planter. So things you can do in your garden to make the energy flow. And the great thing about it is, you know, not just the decorating, but anytime something's not going well in a certain aspect of your life and every aspect of your life is covered in this, the nine segments, you can just go put your intention to that area of your house or those areas of your house and put a shrine or set an intention or put a note or anything you can to kind of move Add a the little energy. string with some colored beads on it. Yeah. Colored beads, colors. I mean, anything. It's really not that complex. Again, I think, I think it's probably more like I'm setting the intention. And I think we talked about it, one of our other podcasts, this concept of you know, when people have doing, like we were talking about Reiki, when people have been doing these symbols for long periods of time, the symbols themselves start to have their own energy. Mm-hmm. And maybe with feng shui, that's, that might be a thing as well. That's yeah. how it works. But um, there's all different variations of feng shui, different practitioners practice different types. You can actually become a feng shui practitioner online and through some courses with people. You can hire them and um, to come in and do consults or give you ideas. Um, there's a lot of just great books on feng shui that I think are fun. Um, but ever since I, I kind of started talking to my friends about it, I've sort of become, even though I'm not a practitioner, the, the unofficial feng shui consultant <laughs> to everybody. So my friend who moved out of the, my, what was now, was now my office space into her new office space when I told her about all the adjustments I'd made and what the problems with her relationship and wealth corner in her old office building, she immediately said, you must come and do my new office. Um, and so I did, and everything's been going gangbusters there. <laughs> we, we, we had some problems because she had like a storage closet with a bunch of clutter in her wealth corner of her new office. I said, well, that's got to change. Keep yeah. that clear. Let's put something purple back in there, weight it down. Let's do that. I've had friends who are, you know, come over to your house. And so I enjoy it. I like to come in and, and, uh, and see what I, what I can feel and feel the energy of the space. Saging is always good in feng shui mm-hmm. to clear out energy in a space. Um, lighting candles is good to spark energy in a certain part of your house. Um, you know, it's really, I mean, I, I like it. It's nice. It's. I mean, I have not had a complaint about our, our the way our houses have been designed. They've always felt warm, welcoming. We always get tons of compliments whenever any of my friends come to visit. You know, I I have yet to have been in a house or bedroom or room designed by my mother that has not felt nice. Well, okay. Well, that's just making me sound really good. But in well, reality, anybody can do it. You can, yeah. you can also, by the way, like feng shui your desk. Like you, it could be any space. It doesn't have to be a house. It doesn't have to be a room. It doesn't have to be the car. It could be like a desk. And if you want to put like some coins in the upper left corner of your desk to make money, if you want to put some 
um, something relationship wise in the upper right corner, something helpful people. I mean, you can really keep it organized, but feng shui no-nos, no clutter. Nope. Again, no near mirrors facing your bed. Nope. You can always cover things. There's always adjustments uh, with intention. If you have a bad feng shui space, there's always things you can do with plants and chimes and, and even secret things that nobody even know are there um, that are hidden that, that actually will create what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So of all of our various metaphysical topics, um, feng shui is one of my favorites. I think Hallie likes it too, but you you should probably study it more. <laughs> Why you, do I need to study it? I have you. I can just give you a call, and I'm I guess good. So. I guess so. You know, when you got the and you got an expert right next to you. Well, well hardly an expert, but anyway, it's fun. <laughs> Highly encourage you to go take a look at that one, and um, that's about it for this podcast. Yeah, we'll see you guys later for a whole new subject. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye.